right, man, this is episode number 69 of the Cozy Corner of Cinema. This is being recorded on Monday, July 24th, 2023 at 10.50, now 3 a.m. All right. Hope you guys have been doing very well. Hope you've been using your time wisely and doing what it is exactly that you want to do. Hope you've been partaking in your creative endeavors, surrounding yourself with people to whom you want to be associated with, um, getting good insights, good recommendations on uh, whatever that might be, on, on literature, on film, on uh, music, on anything of the such. You know, you are the commander of your own life, and it is up to you to decide who you want to associate with, how you want to spend your time, and if you find yourself in a situation where you're like, man, I do not want to be here, I do not want to be associating with these people, then it is up to you, and only you, to get yourself out of that situation, man. That, that's what's most important above all else, man, is to, uh, you know, not sit around and, and subject yourself to the social kind of conformities that people kind of want you to, you know, sitting around and talking about nothing and just ultimately not gaining any sort of intellectual conversation or anything of meaning out of it just banal uh, uh, benign conversation about oh how was the weather today oh what'd you do this weekend it's just it does nothing for you man it's just in cycles you know what are you doing this weekend I'm gonna go and I'm gonna sit and stare at the wall oh that's great I'm gonna do that too and then you wake up Monday morning and you're like oh, I wasted my weekend it's just like brother that's all on you man you know, when people are like, oh, man, I wasted the whole year. It's already, uh, G- it's already July, and, man, this year's going by so fast. It's like, hey, man, I, I can't relate to you, you know? You know, you got to look back on the previous months or previous days or weeks or hours and got to realize and got to ask yourself, what have I accomplished in that given time? And if you find yourself not having accomplished what you wanted to, then it's time to take a step back and take it all in. Or if you're focused and you're productive and you've been working on whatever it is you need to work on, maybe you're working on a great screenplay or a novel or you're directing or you're writing or you're uh, whatever it is, man, it's uh, up to you to decide how it is you want to reflect and see if it's time wasted or time well used. And that's ultimately up to you, you know? can only speak for yourself and I can only speak for myself, you know, I can only associate with people whom I want to associate with and discuss, uh, you know, any kind of art with uh, people whom I choose to and that's up to me and it's going to be up to you whether you want to do it. If somebody's like, oh, let's just go to a restaurant and just talk about nothing and let's just go to the store and, and just look around and do nothing, it's like, brother, if you want to do that, then I hope that you do it and I hope you enjoy doing it, but you are not going to find me in that situation just wasting my life away doing nothing, man. It is completely ridiculous, man. Anyways, man, look at that. Oh, the fan just turned off. It's still a bit of a, not too bad here at the heat, but uh, it is a little hot, so... Gotta turn the stand right back on. We'll get right back to the point. All right, there we go. Yeah, it's starting to cool up a little bit. It's not nearly as hot and egregious as it was a couple weeks ago, but it's still not quite uh, 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 comfortable weather. You know, it's still kind of weird in between. Uh, all right, man. I was looking on. Uh, I was going on Letterbox to take a look at something, and a little while ago, I had talked about. Um, I forgot what I was, what the context was. I was talking about some disturbing movies or films that are typically associated with uh, quote-unquote disturbing films, and uh, I got recommended this list, which led me to another list um, that I thought was really interesting. One of these lists I'm definitely going to have to save. I want to give credit to the user, uh, visitor Q, visitor underscore Q. It looks like somebody I follow uh, follows them, so it... it that's probably how I got recommended to me. 
but I uh, see his list here of 50 underseen, fucked up, disturbing, and extreme films that are worth your time, and I'm looking through this list, man, because, you know, the thing with letterbox lists is that, you know, I think they're a solid, solid resource of finding new films that you would not normally come across. Oftentimes, when I am putting films together for my list episodes, I will look at a lot of and I mean a lot of letterbox lists for a particular year. And you end up seeing a lot of the same films on lists. You know, you talk about, in this case, you know, the next episode is going to be on my top 10 favorite films of 1993. So, of course, you're going to see the same handful of films, you know, the Schindler's Lists, The Age of Innocences, Innocence? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, Jurassic Parks, all those kind of films. But then you're going to come across a lot of, you know, there's a lot of films I wrote down. I'm like, you know what? I am not familiar with that. And you look at some of the reactions and people are like, this is a gem. And you're just like, oh, man. <coughs> So, you know, it's a good resource, but I'm looking at this list, and I've only seen a couple of these films on this list, but definitely going to have to uh, keep in mind a lot of these. Now, what, whatever or not, uh, uh, you know, is considered upsetting or disturbing is completely in the eye of the beholder. The first film on this list is one that I don't consider to be an, a disturbing or extreme film, but it, it has quite a bit of violence and I think is a criminally underseen film which is the film X drummer from 2007 which is a German film I believe uh, I have a or no I'm sorry maybe it's not a German I know actually I'm not sure where it's from I believe I say that because I have a German media book of the film so I can't read the text inside but it is English subtitled but that is a very good film that often is seen as a disturbing film or or something of the sort and I don't quite see it as that however I do think it's worth your time should you come across it. But then some of the other films on this list, uh, Cruel Summer from 2016, I have seen, which is a pretty good film. Uh, there's a lot of films in here I'm just not familiar with. Um, uh, yeah, we'll definitely be keeping this in mind. But it led me to another list of his that he had, uh, which was, uh, let's see here, which is just a traditional top 100 must-see disturbing and extreme films list and anyone who is familiar with any kind of transgressive or extreme cinema is probably going to be familiar with about 90 to 95 percent of this list and you look at this list and it's a lot of films that are um you know the definition of extreme is and disturbing is is completely subjective you know uh, oftentimes i don't find myself bothered by fictional Content. I, I'm more bothered by either documentaries or emotional uh, emotional content. You know, I mean, for example, you know, recently I talked about uh, the Life of Crime trilogy, the documentary trilogy, and I mentioned how the third part in that trilogy uh, was so emotionally impactful. And I, I've I spent a couple weeks since I've seen that film, but maybe about a month or so, and it's still sticking with me. I'm still thinking of that film um, more so than I would think about a fictional. Um, film, but you'll be you look at these lists, man, and they are completely worth your time in one way or another. Some of which are terrific films on their own, and other films are more so uh, synonymous with their content rather than maybe perhaps them being a quality film. I'm not going to go through every single film on this list, but I'm looking at this list, and I think I've seen nearly all of these. You know, when I was younger, I was trying to. Um, I was trying to see a lot more 
uh, disturbing films, you know, when I was younger, I was more interested in that kind of dark content, and now not so much, not to say I'm, I avoid those kind of films, I just don't get myself hyped up to uh, uh, watch something of the like, but there's a, there's a great many, there's many terrific films on this list, um, on top of just, you know, either being great films with disturbing or extreme content, or films that are synonymous with solely their extreme or disturbing content, rather than the quality of the film itself. Um, but I guess I'll take a, take a glance at some of the... I'll talk about a couple of these films here, just for perspective's sake, because it's just to get an idea of kind of the uh, range of films on a list like this that are often associated with... Um, this kind of transgressive cinema. So you have films like Irreversible, which is well known for being a a pretty extreme, extremely violent and extremely sexual film, but I think is a brilliant film. I think it's a masterpiece. Uh, undoubtedly, in my opinion, Gaspar Noe's, or Noe's, I always mispronounce it, uh, his, his finest work, but other films on the list. I guess I'll go through some of these. Audition, I've seen. It's a good film. Salo, or the 120 Days of Sodom I've seen. Great film. A Serbian film, I think is great. Camp of Holocaust, I think is great. Um, August Underground's Mortem, I don't think I've seen all of, but I've seen most of it. Next actually coming to Blu-ray fairly soon. Human Centipede 2 is a very good film, I believe. It's much better than the first film. Trauma from 2017 is an interesting film. I don't know if I, I quite like it, but it's definitely interesting. Now, this film I'm not familiar with. All Night Long 3, the final chapter from 1996. I don't know what this is, man, but it will be on my radar for sure. Dogtooth, the Yogros Lanthimos film, uh, who has a new film coming out later this year. Should definitely be seen theatrically. Uh, that's a terrific film. The Angel's Melancholy from 2009, directed by, what is it? Mar Marion Dora, that's right. Infamous contemporary filmmaker. Uh, interesting film. I don't know if I quite like it or not, but it's definitely interesting at times. It's a bit too long, if you ask me. And that's per maybe that's perhaps because I watched the director's cut, which clocks in at nearly three hours. And uh, it uh, could be a bit of a chore to sit through at times, but it's ultimately an interesting film. Um, Lars von Trier's Antichrist is terrific. Atroz, uh, I believe, or Atrocious, is an unearthed film, I think. Bezemois. 2000, I think is a really good film. Battle Royale of 2000, very well known. Um, great film. I mean, you look at a lot of these films on this list, and it's kind of like they range in, in sort of why they're on there. Because even that handful of films I could tell you about, I think are of varying degrees of quality. You know, I would never put a film like Solo, The 120 Days of Sodom, which I think is a terrific terrific film that happens to have that kind of upsetting content, as well as Antichrist, which is just a, a terrific film in line with something like The Human Centipede 2, which I think is a very good film as well, but it's a different kind of film. That's a film that, when you know the background of that, the intention is to shock. Intentionally so, you know. Um, and it, and it's, uh, ultimately, it's effective because you get a pitch-black comedy uh, because you are seeing such extreme content that it is a real shock to the senses. 
But then you look at some other films on this list, and it kind of ranges, you know. I mean, like, like Brain Dead, a.k.a. Dead Alive, I mean, it's so over-the-top and ridiculous that I can't imagine being disturbed by it. It's just, it's a bloodbath, it's a gory, it's one of the goriest films ever, but it's so much fun, it's so silly, and it's, um... My second favorite Peter Jackson film, the uh, behind uh, Bad Taste, you know, and then other films like you know Caligula, which isn't really disturbing. It's more so just kind of uh, impressive the way they make it. And you know, like Ebola Syndrome, uh, I don't think it's very disturbing. It's it's, it's a very uh, violent film, but it, it, the tone is so different. It's it's interesting to kind of uh, group that in with films, uh, you know, like August Underground, like um, The Angel's Melancholy. You know, um, other films here like, you know, the, the guinea pig films or, uh, you know, being in line with a film like Happiness from Todd Salons or Gummo by Harmony Corrine. You know, it, it, it's, it's all in the eye of the beholder, but I think it's interesting to experience a lot of these films, whether or not you get anything out of them, whether the content of the film turns you off or not is completely uh, going to be up to you to find out. Um, but it, it is good to kind of go outside your boundaries and experience films and experience work that may be upsetting uh, or you may get something out of it that the reputation kind of isn't a part of. You know, like I see Tetsuo on the list here and that's not a disturbing film in my opinion in the slightest. However, it's an incredibly interesting film. I think it's, I mean, it's one of my favorite films. Um, it, it might be disturbing in the way of just some of the visuals that... Uh, uh, you know, and that beautiful, what is that, 16mm, I believe, black and white. It, it looks gorgeous, you know, but you're not going to watch that film and get the same reaction as you would towards something like, uh, I don't know, um, I don't know, uh, I'm trying to look on the list here, like, you know, like, like Mortem or, or, you know, August Underground, one of these kinds of films, you know. But anyways, it is good to see you, it is good to check these films out. You're going to get a lot of good recommendations. You know, you're going to get terrific films like Old Boy and Possession and just uh, even, some, even something like Sweet Movie, which is uh, definitely, you know, not for everybody. It's a film that uh, hopefully we can get a Blu-ray of one day. I still have my Criterion DVD of that. It's a very uh, infamous film. Um, very, uh, I mean, dark comedy, if you will, in a way, but, but very interesting as well, in line with something like Tumbling Doll of Flesh, which is a completely different kind of film. But either way, check a lot of these films out. Look up a lot of these lists. If you're interested in any of this kind of transgressive cinema, you know, there's, I mean, I've seen almost every film on this list. There's only a couple that I see that I've not come across or I've not watched yet. But either way, um, it is interesting to watch outside of your peripheral of what you would normally watch. But with that said, moving on from there. So this weekend, went ahead and... I saw Christopher Nolan's new film, Oppenheimer. I saw it twice, actually. I saw it on Thursday the 20th. I saw it in a traditional digital IMAX. Uh, now, this was an IMAX that was a sole IMAX theater. It was not attached to a cinema. Whereas, I watched a, a very interesting video the other day talking about how a lot of these IMAXs that are attached to cinemas are not real IMAXs. They are primarily, they called them Limaxes, which um, I think is an interesting way to come across it. I, I think the, the the one IMAX that I went to a little while ago that was attached 
to a cinema chain, I had the sense of it being bigger than a premium format kind of screening. You know, you have your Cinemark XDs and, um, you know, other kinds of large format theaters, and then you have IMAXs, and then this in between. At least that's what I saw. I, I could be wrong about that. I didn't look up the screen size of this. Uh, and it was wild, man. This is off topic, but you guys, I, I, I heard what D-Box was, and I was like, what is that, and why are they charging $20 a ticket for this? And I looked it up, man, and it's one of these things where it's like you, you sit in these seats, man, and the, the seat moves and, like, sprays stuff on you. And I'm like, man, I ain't here to ride a, a, a goddamn roller coaster, man. I'm here to watch a film, you know. <laughs> I'm just looking at this, and I'm, I'm looking at only part of the theater has these D-Box seats. So I imagine that you're watching this film, and you're constantly getting distracted by these seats, by these seats going crazy and flying around. I'm like, why? I would never pay for something like that, man. Good God. But anyways, so I saw it on Thursday in a traditional IMAX. It looked gorgeous. It was middle of the afternoon. It was the first showing of the day. Nearly sold out. It looked great. So then uh, I went and saw it on Saturday the 22nd. In a traditional, I'm sorry, not in a traditional, in the opposite of a traditional. It is, it was a 1570 uh, millimeter IMAX projection on 70 millimeter film. One of only a handful of cinemas in the country that is capable of, project, of projecting it this way. There were no trailers at two o'clock. Well, I guess technically 2:03, 2:04 started, and you walk into the the cinema, man. The screen is the biggest thing I'd ever seen in my life. It's in the proper 143 to one. I think it's 143 to 1. I, I'm pretty sure that's the aspect ratio on it. Um, IMAX screen. And you sit down, and, I mean, truly, the sequence is shot with a real IMAX camera. It looks crisp. It looked clean. It's a DDP sound that is a digital sound to be synchronized with the film itself, with the actual 70mm uh, 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 projection. But it sounded great. The print looked great, and it's one of these experiences, man, that you just cannot get anywhere else. People talk about, oh, I'll just stay home and I'll just wait for it to stream, and that's your prerogative. Perhaps you're not a fan of going to see films theatrically. That's a-okay. We should all be able to experience art in any way that we feel we should. Now, I don't believe that it is, you know, perhaps the best idea to be watching a film of this magnitude on perhaps your telephone or on, you know, on your tablets, you know, I don't think that's quite um, the uh, way it was intended, but if you feel that's your prerogative to experience it that way, then so be it, you know, but sitting there in that cinema and watching on a giant screen with a sold-out audience, seeing these beautiful visuals project, and like, you know, when you have these beautiful kind of uh, large, uh, bright colors coming across, and you just see the glow of the audience. It's just something else, man. That's, you know, you just cannot get that at home. And that's not to say you can't get a great experience at home as well. I had recently mentioned, I've mentioned that I recently rewatched uh, his film Tenet on 4K again. And I think that's probably the best looking 4K and best sounding 4K that I have. It looks amazing. It sounds amazing. I think it's one of his finest films in his filmography. Uh, top five, top three favorite films of his, but uh, you know, I was I would have loved to have seen that in seventy millimeter. That would have been really something else. And seventy millimeter IMAX that is. So if you have the ability to see it in that way, that is absolutely worth your time. 
I mean, on top of just being just a, a brilliant film, I've seen it twice now, and I, I enjoyed it much more on the second viewing. The first viewing, I loved it, but on the second viewing, knowing certain aspects, knowing when certain parts of the film are going to be more dialogue-heavy, I was able to appreciate it more, because what's interesting about the film that it does is that it has, it kind of blends what I, the new and the old, I don't even want to say old, but it kind of blends everything that, that really works about Christopher Nolan's you know, films is that you have the theatrical spectacle of these beautifully shot sequences, these really loud, bombastic moments that really make you feel like you're connected to the film, but then it also has really strong dialogue sequences. I really love how the big pinnacle of the film is really the beginning of the third act, and then the entire third act is almost strictly dialogue, man, until the very end of the film when it does kind of go back to the spectacle um, in a way that works, but it feels earned, and you actually get a sense of kind of the uh, the implications and the reactions to these big spectacles. It, it all just works so well, man, and you watch this film, and you see what he's doing on such a major scale, and then you look at the box office, it's made $80 million opening weekend for a three-hour R-rated historical drama. It's a second film of, uh, involving World War II, uh, behind, well, what my favorite film of his is is um, Dunkirk. But if you have the opportunity to see it in that format, you must do so. You will not get the same experience anywhere else. Uh, if you can't see it in a traditional uh, uh, Soul IMAX and IMAX on its own, if you can't do that, at least see it theatrically. If you have the efforts, or if you have the ability to see one film theatrically this year. I understand we all have different schedules. We all have different financial situations. It is not as easy as going to the cinema as often as some of us would like to. I completely understand that if you have commitments to whatever or whoever, that is completely fine. However, should the opportunity arise, I think you will be in for a treat. And um, I read that this has a mandatory 90-day window before any kind of streaming service, which was the controversy behind Warner Brothers' um, release of Tenet, is that I didn't know it actually premiered the same day streaming as it did theatrically. I could have sworn it premiered soon after, but um, I have no way of checking that. But I, I heard somebody say that it actually premiered the same day theatrically. So, but that's a film you want to see on the largest screen you can, much like this film as well. You're getting the spectacle, you're getting really great drama. I mean, in a year that we've had, I just look at this year, I've seen so many terrific films this year, and this is just another one on the list, man. It's, you know, I, I talked a little while ago about just kind of being nauseated at the just absolutely terrible, uh, uh, just nonsensical big budgeted Hollywood films that do nothing for you. They, they, they're they they're fast food. They just go in and they go out and you gain nothing from them. And then to actually see a film like this where you see the artistry, you see the craftsmanship, and it really kind of makes you excited and makes you happy. It's like, wow, I'm here. I've made the effort to get in my car, to get parking, to sit in the cinema and watch this film. And it's an experience like no other, man. But I'm sure there are millions of people who will go more in-depth on the film and will give you more background on it. I didn't want to spend a whole, a whole lot of time talking about it. I just wanted to give a brief mention on the projection of the film itself. And should you seek it out, it is completely worth your time, of course. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Let's make a note of something really quick. I want to make sure that I got this written down. Don't mind me for a second. Okay, there's that. So I love what Kino Lorber are doing with Something Weird video. They're putting out all of these 
what the hell is the name of the series? There's a series that they're doing with our Blu-rays, and it's all about these uh, films from the 30s and 40s that are all sort of... Um, there's a name for it. Let me look it up here. It's... Uh, gosh, I, I do apologize. Uh, damn, I can't find the name for it right now. It's a series they're doing of these kind of um, educational, informational bizarre films. Uh, here it is, The Golden Age of Exploitation Cinema. It's these Blu-rays that they're doing where uh, some of them have double features, some of them are sole features, and I have quite a bit of these. Um, infamous films like Child Bride, and which is on a Blu-ray with Tomorrow's Children, uh, films like Guilty Parents, um, I think, yeah, Reefer Madness is on one of them. I don't know how many there are now, but uh, at the time that I am recording this, there is currently a Kino Lorber sale happening, and I don't know if any of them are available in the sale. However, if you are interested at all in the history of exploitation, these films are worthy of your time. But the one film that I watched recently, in a very generic title, but an unforgettable film, is a film from 19... What is it? I think 1945. It's a film called Mom and Dad. And it's quite an experience watching this film, because I'm watching this film, and, uh, you know, it's, an, it's a standard fare kind of sex hygiene kind of film, you know, these, these, these young lovers, they want to go, you know, all the way, they're not married, you know, the people are kind of telling them, like, hey, you know, you should really kind of, uh, you know, hold out, just, you know, be loyal to each other, and, uh, and you watch the film, and I've already seen a handful of these golden age of exploitation films, you know, which are usually a handful of interesting moments, but, you know, you watch it and then you move on, but you watch this film, man, and you learn the history of this film. They had actually segregated screenings of the film. They have uh, segregated for men and segregated for women because it talks about the different kind of things that can happen if you know you you're trying to get steady too soon or anything like that. You know, uh, and actually you know they have showings with uh, Jesse Owens, you know, famous kind of uh, 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 track star. You know, very uh, actually they made a film about him that I'd recommend a lot. A film called Race from. 2016 or 17, I believe. That's a very good film. But uh, you're watching this film, man, and uh, I had I had no knowledge about it. Then you get halfway through the film, and they they're like, "We're gonna show you some videos in this classroom," and it is I can only imagine the reaction sitting in a cinema in 1945 watching some of these clips, man. These are some clips that they would probably put in a shockumentary sort of sort of film because uh, you know you watch the first clip and it's grainy, you know, not the best shot. I don't know what they shot it with, but it's a, you're watching a real, uh, a real, a birth, birthing sequence, and you're like, that's, that's wild, man, all right, but we're, we're here, that's the shock scene, and then you have another sequence after that, of a, uh, I don't even know if I want to give it all away or not, I think it's actually kind of more interesting if you watch the film on your own, knowing that there's going to be some wild sequences happening, some, I mean, it's all medical footage, when I say wild sequences and shockumentaries, it's not like, you know, you watch some of those shockumentaries, and it's all just, like, wild footage from God knows when, you know, doing God knows what, we watch it, and the, the idea is to shock, I mean, ultimately, this is all medical footage, but you get two more reels that they have to watch, and it, I truly, man, what a total shock it was, where you just put it on, and you're like, my God, I did not expect this, and I can only imagine the sounds, the, the, uh, the, audience must have been making in 1945 seeing a lot of this stuff perhaps for the first time ever you know unless you know you had access to some sort of medical notes or journal or your 
whatever it is, or perhaps you're studying that, uh, and actually the general audience watching this stuff would be completely taken aback that even in 2023 you watch it and it's just like, oh man, especially in the context of a film from the 40s, we'd not expect it to get as graphic and as, uh, you know, unsimulated as it does, but you watch it and you're like, man, oh man. So uh, definitely keep an eye out on some of these collections, man. It's great that they're preserving a lot of these films, you know. To my knowledge, I believe that something weird aren't, aren't um, distributing anymore. I believe that they had sold off a lot of their catalog and had done deals, uh, uh, co-licensing deals with companies like Kino Lorber. And I think they'd done some work with like like uh, Shout Factor or Scream Factor as well. I, I don't think they're distributing titles anymore. But either way, you're going to want to keep an eye out on a lot of these if you're interested. Kind of going back to... Um, the talk at the beginning of the episode, some disturbing or extreme films or perhaps transgressive cinema that might uh, be a shock to the senses. You know, you're going to want to keep an eye out on some of these. They are worth your time, some more than others, but that's the risk you take when it comes to this sort of cinema. But with that said, guys, I didn't, as always, get to exactly what I wanted to get to. A couple more things I would have liked to have talked about, but I get in my own head and kind of ramble on a bit. But either way, it's a beautiful day out. Plenty of work to get accomplished. So be at the forefront of your own life and make sure that you get the job done because no one else is going to do it for you. If you're going to be sitting around waiting for your dreams to come true from somebody else, then let me tell you, brother, they're going to be waiting a long, long time. All right, guys, you guys take care. I'll be back later this week, and uh, thank you so much for listening.